Welcome everybody to the closed session. We've been on hiatus because my partner in crime, Lauren Delgado, decided to traipse all over the world. That I make no apologies. That includes Thailand. So we haven't been on air for a few weeks, but we're glad to be here. And this is the show that I think you guys want to all want to listen to. Yep. We got a special guest today, and I'm really proud to have him in. And I'm really thankful that he's been able to say yes and he said yes so quickly so I was a little surprised well that's why we locked him in immediately right. for episode three this is our third episode and we're talking about rough and tumble politics today I'm really excited about that for those of you who kind of bleed politics this is gonna be a, uh, a special show because we got a great guest he's got a long history in not just politics but politics in general in Los Angeles and throughout the United States his name is Michael Trujillo Google it <laughs> <laughs> Yo, when you get to the level of Googling, you're a real person. <laughs> we got Mike Swade on the line. Anytime we're going to have to Google things, Mike Swade. Let me know. I'll so Google Mike him Swade, right now. Um, before James gives his intro, go ahead and Google Michael Trujillo, City of Los Angeles. And James, go ahead. <laughs> I that just want to watch Mike, Mike's uh, facial expression. I actually and do want to do this. And so, <laughs> so Mike was kind enough to not just join our, our panel today, but you know, he said, you know what? Just ask me anything. <laughs> which was, I think was awesome. Which was a mistake. Like, he's like, everything's up, and, and we're going to challenge that today. We, And here's the thing. Michael Trio's been um, a political consultant. He's been a political operative. I mean, he's a political animal. Uh, my, from my uh, homework, 88 total campaigns. Mike, is that right? Oh, higher. Okay, so more than 88, I guess, at this point. So we're like 88 and a um, half. Yeah, he's run 89. the campaigns, he's done the outreach, he's a master at uh, doing the homework that needs to be done on opposition research. And some have dubbed him the bad boy of politics. Wow, we're going to get into that. Literally the first thing that popped up is exactly what you said. Bad the boy. bad boy of politics for California. Yeah. How so Michael Trujillo, California's bad boy of <laughs> politics, screws the opposition. <laughs> Yes, I mean, and this is why he's that's been your number one hit, Michael. Over eighty. Have you Googled campaigns? yourself? Yes, as he as he <laughs> fist pumps the air for that. <laughs> so, without further ado, let me turn it over to the mic. Uh, our friend from the fam, Michael Trujillo. Mike Trujillo. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, thanks. Um, uh, you know, I, I, now I've done eighty-eight campaigns, but as of November of twenty twenty, I'll surpass my one hundredth campaign. Ooh. And I think you get a, a watch from Target mm. if you go over a hundred campaigns. Yes, I have heard that. Yeah, I have to buy it myself, and it'll be on sale for like twenty-nine ninety-five. So oh. it, it'll it'll be a good so deal. So at least now you can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you guys are also. <laughs> 
Googling uh, me is also why I will never run for office. <laughs> <laughs> If, if yeah, I ever yeah. if I ever ran for office, I will be the cheapest Oppo book ever created. It's called Google Page One. Google Page One. You don't you don't need to hire an op researcher. You, that was the you best. Can just it's Google Page One. Uh, oh oh, now we know what we're gonna use against him. He will not win the race. But you did. I mean, my you've. You've kind of traversed the, I guess, the hills of politics over the years in many ways, shapes, and forms. And like, I, I'm really impressed on how you got started, which is interesting. Um, you're also, you've kind of broken the, the record for the, um, the youngest Los Angeles city commissioner. And uh, you were able to do that in a method that I thought was both <laughs> well, both smart and, and audacious. Can you talk a little bit about that, Mike? So back in 1997, I was appointed by then Mayor Dick Reardon uh, as a city commissioner at the age of 18. Oh, wow. The youngest city commissioner in the history of you LA. Were I was 18. And um, I really I didn't know what a city commissioner was <laughs> when I was appointed. I honestly <laughs> didn't. I just. It just sounded nice, and they gave you business cards. So I was like, "All right." Oh, nice. Then, That's yeah. right. Um, so uh, this goes back to the whole reason why I became a commissioner. It's like a, it's a random four-year journey that makes no sense other than to me. Um, you know how when you are at your dentist office in the lobby, and there's like all these magazines, you know, like Newsweek, Time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mechanical engineering or whatever, and then you go and uh, in the middle there's all these postcards to subscribe to the magazine. <laughs> so at the oh, age yeah. of at the age of fourteen, yeah. I'm in the dentist lobby. Okay. And I'm like a political nerd back then, and so already I already back then you're a political nerd. I'm a political at nerd at fourteen, and oh, 14. I'm, I'm getting my teeth, I'm getting my braces off or braces on or whatever, and I fill out one of those little postcards. And back then, this is like in the mid-90s now, there used to be a little box that, you know, enter your credit card, pay by cash or money order. And there was a third box. It said, bill me later. And so <laughs> I filled out the postcard, put it in the mail, checked off the bill me later box and started getting Newsweeks to my parents' house. Wow. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so my parents got the bill. Like, what the heck is this? <laughs> you know, my parents are Mexican. You know, they're Newsweek. <laughs> <laughs> they thought some kid was knocking on the door and one of them got scammed and like, to get a magazine subscription. I'm like, no, no, I filled it out. And they're like, well, it's $14.95 for the entire year. You're going to have to do mow the lawn a few more times or pick the weeds. So I had to pick the weeds and mow the lawn and, you know, clean up the dog poop in the back. And that was my... You uh, really had I, to do that. I wanted to read Newsweek. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to read huh. about politics. And That's so... Fast forward, I'm 17. I'm a senior at, at Birmingham High School in the Valley. And shout out to Birmingham. Shout out to, to Birmingham. Birmingham. Okay. And um, that was the year, that was the, Richard Alarcon had got elected to city council when I was 13, so he was up for re-election. And he was my councilman. And I wanted to volunteer on his campaign because I wanted to learn how campaigns, how campaigns work. And I figured volunteering on my councilman's re-election would be great. Well... I come to find it, no one was running against him. He was running unopposed. And I liked him. My mom had started- That's what I was gonna ask you. Do you like Richard? Oh, I love Richard. Right? Oh yeah. My mom started the first neighborhood watch in Mission Hills. And so I would go with her, we would hand out flyers 
to like go to the neighborhood watch meeting and we would make those flyers we would use the copier machine at the field office of Richard Alarcon's office so we were oh wow we were tight we were yeah. close um, and so uh, randomly in my brain I'm thinking well if, if Richard's not going to have an opponent then I can't volunteer on the campaign how am I going to learn how to do this? Right. So I, I went on Prodigy back then. Remember Prodigy, the internet? No. It was the AOL equivalent. Wow. Yeah, there was a thing called you. Prodigy? Yeah. Yes. Well, this how was, did I miss that? Sorry, AOL. you've got two millennials AOL on the AOL and here. Juno. This was back in 97 when Prodigy, Prodigy still existed. And so I went on and I researched how to get, how to run for city council. They had a thing? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And so was, I there found, like, was it like a Wikipedia page? Well, it, a Wikipedia, Wikipedia didn't then. exist back then. I mean, if I knew about Wikipedia oh. in 97, I wouldn't be here. I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But, um, yeah, I, I, I found out you only had to be 18. You had to be live in the district for 30 days and a registered voter and an American citizen. And I was like, I'm all those things. I've been in the district since I was three. <laughs> so I called the city clerk. The city clerk sends me all the paperwork. And I am thinking about putting my, what better way to learn how to run a campaign than to use myself as a guinea pig and put my name on the ballot. So you were 17? I was 17, a senior in high school. I was about to turn 18. I was maybe 18. It was like the cusp of turning 18. Right, 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 right. Uh, so I went to my AP government teacher and my AP statistics teacher and I said, hey, if I do this, can I get Hashtag extra? he said AP for both of those classes. So he's somewhat smart. <laughs> well, I don't know. He ran, he ran for office. <laughs> I mean, shit, I needed AP. I, need, I needed that extra point exactly. on the GPA. <laughs> so I'm going to say AP twice. Um, so, yeah, both teachers were like, yeah, we'll give you extra credit. They were totally into it. Um, it was. That's really smart. I, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn what I want to do anyway. I knew I wanted to work on campaigns. No one knows when you're, what you're, when you're 17 or 18 what you want to do for the rest of your life. I knew what I wanted to do when I was 14. Huh. And so could put my name on the ballot, get ready to go. You know, get free press for being a cute little kid and my cheeks being pinched on a corner handing out flyers. Like, that's what I was envisioning. And literally, the day or two before I was going to turn in the paperwork, my mom is, you know, during Sunday grocery shopping, because we had grocery shop every week, Sundays after church. My mom is in the line to pay for all the food, and she runs into a field deputy of Richard Alarcon, the same woman that would let us use the copier machine right. for the neighborhood watch. And my mom, being not understanding what's going on, just a super proud mom, says, "My, you know, my mijo, my son wants to run for for city council," and she tells this woman <laughs> everything. And and God bless this lady, she was like so supportive, and oh, like good. that sounds amazing. That is awesome. That's so cool that a young Latino kid wants to do this. This is 1997, mind you. They, we weren't we weren't the powerhouse that we we aren't right. at yet, but we weren't right. the powerhouse back then either. So, so fast forward, I'm putting the eggs away. Like an hour later, I'm putting the eggs and milk away, and the phone rings, and it's the it's it's Richard Alarcon. No way. <laughs> Richard Alarcon called our house. He gets me on the phone. My mom, my mom, my mom answers. My mom's talking on the phone for 30 seconds. I'm not even paying attention. She's like, "Michael, the phone's for you." I'm like, "Oh." I'm thinking it's like one of my friends from high school, it's Councilman Richard Alarcon. I'm like, "Oh, crap." <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm gonna stop you there for a second. So, I guess the, the the question I had when I when when you decided to run was, did you even think about the fact of how Richard might have felt in terms of just I'm gonna guess not. I mean, did it ever cross your mind at least? No, because, um, well, I find out, I come to find out, this was in 97, 
he was hoping no one would run against him because he was going to run for state senate in 98. Right, right. So yeah. no one no one running against him meant he could focus all his time and resources and energy on getting ready on the, for an upcoming state right. senate race. And his money. <laughs> well, that too. Right, yeah. So he called, he, so I didn't know any of this. I'm just like, I want to put my, I want to learn how to do this. Right. So I, he, he literally, it's Sunday. He's like, hey, well, come to City Hall tomorrow. I'll give you, I'll write an excuse for you. And I'm like, okay. He wrote an excuse for you. <laughs> like a note for my teach for my school. It, it didn't matter. I still got, right, it was still an absence. He wanted you to come to City Hall for a meeting or to catch for a, a, meeting. a wow. council meeting? For a meeting. Like a one-on-one -on -one meeting? For a one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, Interesting. Remember, this was uh, because it was a Monday, so council isn't in session oh, on okay. Mondays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go in, first time ever in City Hall. Totally intimidated. Ornate marble pillars. Yes. Yeah. Like, it looks like a museum, right? I'm I like, just recently had that moment, yeah. so I know how I'm, you feel. I'm just, I'm a kid from Mission Hills, Pacoima. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of kitchen countertop. All over you place. said Pacoima. You shouldn't be intimidated by much. <laughs> no, but marble. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of kitchen countertops. It is. It is. <laughs> it's a total. It's everywhere. And by the way, I'm from Bacoima, but that's a lot of kitchen <laughs> countertops. For, for our for our listeners, every single piece of marble in the city council chambers, as well as outside, is actually imported from all over the world because they want to show the international city that is Los Angeles and bringing that marble from all parts, all corners of the world. So, And this is another fun fact brought to you by James yeah, Santa Maria. We go. We're going to have Mike Sway Google that to verify. So. <laughs> verify that. <laughs> so, so yeah, I go into Councilman Richard Alarcon's office. He sits me down. Yeah. He, I tell him my story. He thinks it's great. You know, yeah. I'm a kid. What are you going to do? Like, you're going to slap me around? No, he, everyone thought right, it was great. Was because I think he was one of the younger deputies for Bradley at one point. Correct. I, yeah, I, he uh, was a... He was a public school teacher in Sun Valley and then got tapped to work for Mayor Bradley. There you go. Okay. Uh, so so he's like, hey, you know, there's this L.A. Youth Council and we don't have a representative for District 7. Now, for all I knew, they might have and he might have just kicked them off the day before to put me on. <laughs> but he, so he told me, he told me they never had one. I believe it. And so I go in the L.A. City Youth Council and then they are allowed to pick a commissioner. And because I was 18, I was like the oldest youth council. Everyone else is like 14. Right. So like I right. became a commissioner by being at the right place at the right time randomly not because my family were donors, not because I come from a lineage of political activity. It was just because I wanted to do extra credit and, and learn how to you know, put a name on the ballot so I could use that for myself one day when I wanted to run campaigns. I love it. Yeah, so that was my internship. My internship was being a city commissioner with my name in like gold letters on a, on a glass window. So how did you feel? Uh, well, I'm sorry, when you're 18, and yeah. you're on the front page of the LA Times and Daily yeah. News and like everyone else in high school who gets on the front page is either the football quarterback or right. a baseball star. Yeah, right. So how was that dynamic? Cause did you, yeah, did it affect addicting. the way did people were Did it affect like, everyone in school? Like addicting. in high school, were you hot shit? Yeah, were you or the big man on campus? I'll tell you how hot I was in high school. I was, <laughs> I was president of my high school Christian club, and I and I graduated with thespian honors. All right, so thespian <laughs> yeah, honors. That means I was You were an actor. I was an actor. He was in theater. Yeah. No, you right weren't on. an actor. So I was. I that was, means you were in. No, you weren't. Theater. You were a thespian. You were in yeah, I was a theater. I was a theater director. Right? Yeah. That's awesome. Because even the sound kids got a thespian <laughs> <laughs> honors too. <laughs> 
So, so yeah, that was. Uh, so that here was you are as a commissioner, 18 years old. I, I think the record still stands. Yeah. Probably, right? I, I don't know. I don't check. Okay. But, I, but the funny thing is, I beat Alex Padilla's record because he, oh. he got he was on the Building and Safety Commission at 23. Okay. Before he ran oh, for city council. He beat it by five years. That's great. That's yeah. Very uh, impressive. Cool. I so, didn't know this about you. Sorry. It's. <laughs> You just got more interesting in my eye. You were never that interesting. Jesus. She'd like walk into the office. I'm like, oh, Trujillo's here. <laughs> but no, you know usually, what? Usually it'd be, I respect it, you Lauren, now. Lauren, 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 <laughs> usually it'd be, oh, Trujillo's here. Major eye roll. <laughs> there you go. There you go. If but you, you know what? <laughs> I know I didn't dislike you because I offered you a drink every time. I'd be like, I'll drink with you. <laughs> Yeah, but you'd be giving me some weird shit. <laughs> yeah, I know, and you drank it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was more of a comedy routine it for really her. Was. She's like, hey, let's give it to Mikey. Mikey likes it. <laughs> He'll drink anything. And I don't think anybody calls him Mikey. Yeah, nobody calls you Mikey. No, no, no. I, I do. I, I, I killed that. Lauren Delgado calls him I, Mikey. Those Mikey, those Life cereal commercials, I got in so many fights over them <laughs> in kindergarten. That's traumatizing. I got to hang out with you because I hate when people call me Mikey. So. Oh, it is if I world. can shed it off to you, oh. I'm happy. Right from now. one Mikey to yeah, the other. Yeah, I mean, I'll take I'll, my, my real name's Michael. Will you call me Mike? That's fine. You call right. me you call me Miguel. All right, fine. I, I, you call me Mikey. I Miguelito. Oh, yeah, like, I'll fine. take that too. Yeah, I mean, but, but Mikey, you, it just feels weird. But if you're going to call me Miguelito, you have to be four foot 11, 270 pounds, <laughs> Latina, just, you know, 72 or older. Like, like, <laughs> I'm just saying, I've had every version of Mike Miguel. or Michael I mean, <laughs> or Miguel or Miguelito. But yeah. Mikey always makes me uncomfortable. Very, very it uncomfortable. Does. It does. It does. Even when it comes from my own family. Does that just undercut your masculinity at some point because of the name? I think the, it's a lot of ego. Yeah. I just think, fe- I, don't I think feel it's like a masculine padding. thing. I think it's I feel a juvenile like thing. I think it makes you feel younger than you are. I just feel like someone's patting me on my head, like uh, good boy, yeah. good boy, and I'm like, nah, I'm bro. Cool with that. Well, nah, I'm good. I'm James, cool with the Jimmy. I'm the I'm bad cool boy of politics. But James, Did you not you, hear? You remember, you remember the Life cereal commercials yes. where it was Mikey likes it. Yes, that, so, that's, I can see how that gets. So in kindergarten, school. you know, I wasn't a big fan of tomatoes on hamburger day, and so. <laughs> Uh, I remember I went to the restroom one time and my friends thought it would be funny if they put all their tomato slices on my hamburger. And it yeah. wasn't just like one or two tomato slices. It was like 30. Yeah. And so my burger was just tomato juiced out. And, I, and, and I'm in kindergarten and there's like a stack of tomato slices on my tray just coming back from using the restroom. It was traumatizing. And everyone's like, everyone's like, Mikey likes it. Oh. So I'm grabbing, I'm grabbing these tomato slices and just throwing them left and right. It's a food, I started That's a food funny. fight. But like, I'm crying. But not like the kind of crying where you could tell I'm crying. It's like, and then like 30 seconds. And then you finally breathe again. The gas. Like, yeah, just, just the. <laughs> and then you, it was, it was, it was just very painful crying. All while Mikey likes his being oh, yelled at me. This is amazing. Okay, so how old were you then? I was in kindergarten, so I was five. Okay. Huh. Huh. Yeah. So no, okay. So no Mikey references whatsoever here. Yeah. And well, Mikey, let's just guess. get back into your career here. <laughs> and that was that, that was 1983. That that was running all the time. It was. Well, okay. Wait. Let's let's just go back real quick, just for my own edification. You were 14 when you subscribed, when you um, illegally subscribed to Newsweek. Right. It'd be much cooler if it was Playboy, but it's Newsweek. No, it's fine. I appreciate you, Mikey. (laughs) But did you know that you wanted to be in politics before then? Like, what 
what was what was the one that yeah, what the, the one thing that galvanized you in your youth to pursue politics or even be interested in politics? Oh what my was God. it? Yeah, you're going to make me go back even farther. Come now. on, Mikey. I know you can do it. <laughs> so my my grandfather, who who recently passed away, he, he was a uh, he's a contractor. Okay. Um, and so when he started his business, Trujillo Grade and Paving in Pacoima, uh, it he a, up until the time he passed away, he owned the second longest. Latino-owned construction company in California history. Uh, he started it in 1957 with his brother Aaron. And so back then, because of redlining and just racism in terms of where you could own property, the construction company had to be in Pacoima because that was the only place Mexicans were allowed to buy property. And then even then, like where Mexican can actually do business was restricted as well. And so it's very interesting. Yeah. I love that history. And so the way you got contracts back then, especially if an elected official, it may not have been a city contract, sure. but back then the city, the elected officials were in control of a lot of private projects too. Hmm. And back then you were able to give an elected official or a candidate for office like cash. Here's my campaign contribution. Here's $2,000. And then that $2,000 would turn into contracts for my grandpa's company. Wow. And this is like in the 60s and 70s. I had no idea. No ethics commissions back then. I mean, it was it was the wild, <laughs> wild west. Right. There were, no, there were no campaign limits. Um, I mean, I'm not saying my dad, my grandpa handed bags of cash. It was probably a check and there was like a paper trail and right. whatever. But my grandpa was one of the early Mexicans contributing to politicians in the San Fernando Valley. Interesting. And that's how he got his jobs. Wow. And oh, so I makes, would. See, that makes sense. So, so you were, so you, were you front and center with, with a lot of just your grandpa being part of that world? Well, yeah. my grandpa, my grandpa was a construction guy. My grandpa uh, was born in Hatch, New Mexico, came to LA when he was in the sixth grade, sold milk here in downtown LA. And then he'd sold milk to buy enough money to get a shovel. And then they'd shovel, they'd build, dig ditches to then buy a pickaxe, and then they'd have a wheelbarrow, and the wheelbarrow became a tractor. And so he built his wow. construction. He literally company. went through the full process. He literally went through the entire <laughs> yeah. thing with a sixth grade education. That's and he, he passed away like a month and a half ago at the age of 94. Um, well, he was working. He was working every day up until February of wow. this year. Really? And I just took still in construction. Still, still. Well, back then, well he would just go to four different coffee shops and drink coffee and yell at people and then around 9 30 <laughs> but you know morning, he was due with that that's <laughs> yeah, good. yeah but, no, but around 9 30 he, he morning, earned right that. to do that right, right that. around 9 30 in the morning right. he was tired and he had to take a nap <laughs> but that's gonna be james santa maria from, <laughs> from about five in the morning to nine he would he would say the same crazy rated x jokes to his friends uh, <laughs> old and, school and drink and drink coffee I and love it. until oh, is he still living in pacoima uh, he's living in Arlita, which is oh, right okay. next to the yeah, yeah, right yeah. down the street. I know yeah. that neighborhood. I grew up in North Hills, so I'm like a Jason. There you go. That stuff. Yeah, Mission Hills. Alamany. I'm my I'm I was raised on Brand Boulevard, which is right next to San Fernando Mission. Right by that cemetery. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's, that's right awesome. there. So okay, so now you've got the taste for politics. It's in your blood. You are a commissioner. Well, we're gonna. When was the first time that you felt like, you know what, I'm a political operative? Which campaign was that? I know you've done a ton, and we can go through all of them, and all 100, if you will, but there hold must on. have been a point in time when you felt like, you but know wait, what? Wait, wait, hold on. What happened with your campaign? Oh, I, uh, I, 
He gave <laughs> up. I cut a deal. He cut his deal. I cut a deal oh, in oh, City Hall. That was become, like done. Oh. To become the youth uh, representative. Alarcon fixed it. Alarcon, yes. Alarcon said. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so you weren't an operative back then. You got and, bamboozled. And by the way. <laughs> yeah, but I came in with nothing and I left with something. <laughs> I mean, true. that's pretty good. That's half of something is better than half of nothing. Yeah. So so by the way, for those of you who don't know, Alarcon did eventually become a state senator. So And a state assembly member. And a state assembly member. Yeah. So and mission if, accomplished. If y'all want to know more, you also can Google him. <laughs> So <laughs> this is the most Googled episode ever. <laughs> Google should pay us for literally what we've caused because in I, one I hour. Because I think people people need to know the history. Most people don't know the history of, of well, we're, LA we're, City. We're going to give a shout out to uh, Richard Alarcon. I know he's out there somewhere. He and was one of the first council members I ever met when I started working for oh, there you go. James. There you go. And he was very kind. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's really cool. The San Fernando Valley has 1.8 million people. He was the first Latino ever elected from that community of 1.8 million people. There you go. Um, and so what he did was trailblazing and spawned a generation of elected officials that, you know, I think are doing good work and, yeah. and are trying to do their best to represent the community. And, you know, some of them still like Richard and some of them, you know, don't. And, and but, you know, Richard still is the, the, the godfather true. of He's all of that. He's true to himself. Yeah. 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 So getting back to that question, because you've run a lot of campaigns and I know, and there's always a self-awakening when it comes to like that, either that political person where you're like, you know what, I'm gonna do this shit forever because I love it, it's in my blood and I really just wanna do this. And you kind of get that reaffirmation in either some level of a, a position in government or outside in, in terms of a campaign that you worked on. What was that moment for you? That's actually a really good question. Um, I. I I don't know that I could answer that specific question. I know when I can tell you, I realize that this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. Okay. Um, so I was working for Hillary Clinton, her first run for president in 07, 08. Um, I worked in California, Texas, and North Carolina for her. And I was exhausted. Uh, I was on the campaign for over a year and a few months. You know, Senator Obama was kicking our butt and every day he'd come out. He with was it. raising tons of money like it was. Well, yeah, he was doing that, but it was like, I remember I was working in Texas and then that's when Senator Ted Kennedy endorsed Obama. It was like a, mm. it's like getting mm. the air knocked out of you every day. And, and so every single day, the Obama campaign, whether it was intentional or not, like they would do something in the morning that would just totally demoralize us for the rest of the day. And then finally, when we'd finally catch our wind or catch a break or get our feet under us, they would announce something else. And it was just like, we can never catch a break. We can never get any momentum. And, and so, I, so I, I thought I was done. I'm like, I am totally burned out. I am exhausted. Uh, so I came back to LA and I called, uh, I called Robin Kramer and Jimmy Blackman and Mayor Virigos' office. And I said, hey, I'm back. You know, is there any are there any job openings that I, I could may or may not be qualified for? <laughs> <laughs> nice, good filter. And they uh, <laughs> they are like, yeah, there's a few that you might be qualified for. Come in and talk. And so, in July of 2008, I think for the first time in my life, I joined 
city government as mm-hmm. uh, uh, that was my primary pay. It was my, my you salary. You were a staffer. I was a staffer. I was being paid you by taxpayers. You were out from the outside into the inside. I was being paid by the taxpayer. Joe and Jane <laughs> taxpayer paid my salary. <laughs> they didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 if they did, they would have revolted. <laughs> I think I think I realized then I, I, the most the, the thing about working in City Hall was realizing that people leave at 501 on the dot <laughs> and coming from campaign land like right, right. The, where I, you're never not working well five o'clock is when voters get home that's when right. you're doing most of right. your work I'm like what the who are you part-timers what the hell is going on James calls them clock watchers yeah no it really these people are like yeah, it's the it, it was bad I it's bad for business. <laughs> I'm like, I, and because I had worked on, I worked for Villaraigosa in 01, and then I worked in his 03 city council campaign, and then worked in his mayor's race in 05. So coming back in 08, I'm like, guys, we're here to freaking kick some butt for the city. We're here not only to like do, to push the mayor's initiatives, but to like do stuff. Of course. Uh, and, and I was burned out, and I, I thought I was like dead tired. I was just excited to have like a Saturday or Sunday to myself, which you never yeah. get on a campaign. Well, you, you yeah. see, you're you're like the classic. <coughs> there, there are a lot of people. So you in in government, I kind of have a theory that you either love being on the campaign, and you're a campaign person, and you're that outside person, and or you could also be that govern the government guy, right? Who loves to govern, whether you run or whether you're you're a guy who governs or gal. I think that that kind of also defines you, and and I, you're just saying the fact that that folks are leaving at five o'clock, you know, five o one, oh five o one, five thirty one. You know, they they were generous with that minute. <laughs> God willing, they work on a Friday. Well, you know, that's, <laughs> I, I think that's a big that's a question. It's like you know, do you love do you love to govern or do you like to run? Well, well, I I, I was fine with governing, but then it was just like, well, I can't do this. I mean, what if I. What if what if uh, uh, lightning strikes and I get a great idea at eight oh nine p.m. I have to wait till the next day? Like that's not how campaigns work. That's like everyone's oh it's my private time. You can't email me or call me. Like what? Those rules don't apply on a campaign. <laughs> right, right. Like because you're twenty four hours on a campaign right. and everybody knows you're 24/7. that you're like twenty four seven. And 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 so for me it was demoralizing to see that every day. So and you, so you kind of like, how did, how long did you work there? Six months. <laughs> that figures, right? Yeah, you were, and then, but you know, so for those of you who don't know, and and, and Mike, you you kind of, I want you to talk about like your relationship with Viragosa. He, you know, was he a mentor to you? I know he was somebody that's very special in your life, as you, and in terms of like, both your career and kind of understanding the ropes and kind of, you had this push pull kind of relationship as well. So can you expand a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so Viragosa was the third campaign I had ever worked on. It was his 2001 mayor's race, and uh, back in like I think in, in so I had worked. Um, I, I was I was the field director for a woman named Corrine Sanchez because Alarcon wins. So I worked on Alarcon State Senate race. He wins. And then there's a special election to replace Alarcon on CD7 on the city council. So it's between a woman named Corrine Sanchez, who's a nonprofit executive director. She's like in her 50s. Right. She ran Al Prieto del Barrio yeah. versus Alex Padilla, a 24-year-old snot-nosed kid. <laughs> from MIT. 
from well, you know. <laughs> we like Alex. I know, I know. I, I do too. I do too. I'm just But like he was twenty four, twenty five and, and, and he was running for city council. Uh and so I'm like, Well, there's no way someone who's only four years older than me is gonna win this. Clearly, <laughs> clearly my clearly my political spidey senses were so on point. <laughs> so I go work with Park Skelton and Sue Burnside. Oh, yeah. nice! And we work for Corrine Sanchez, and I they make me her field director. I'm still a city commissioner. So one of the, I think I still have it. One of the male pieces that Corrine Sanchez that Park put together has me on the back panel as an endorsement with like my, my like photo and <laughs> city oh, commissioner Mike Trujillo. That's awesome. <laughs> And it's one of the, it's the only time they ever put me on there, but I was like, I'm keeping this forever. Yeah. This is the coolest thing ever. Because um, you're now, you're, now you're. Yeah, well, now I'm an endorsement. You're an endorsement. Yeah. Like, I'm they a, need you. I, I love it. The political nerd in you. Dude, do you know what that does to a 20 year old's ego? Do you know what that does to an ego? Oh, no, I can only imagine. <laughs> so you, I don't have many things in my life. <laughs> that was all I had. Um, so, so, all right. So, Richard. I do Korean Sanchez. That was my first real campaign. We lose, um, and then I was doing. I, I helped. Uh, I remember I met Herb Wesson the third on Carol Lou's assembly race in two thousand. Wow! Um, okay. Shout did, out uh, council president. Yeah. Herb <laughs> I also worked on Fran Pavley's assembly race that same cycle in two thousand, wow. uh, and so then uh, Jimmy Blackman recruits me to help uh, Viragosa because he's getting. He's then speaker emeritus. Right. So he's getting ready to run for mayor. And so, Jim, so Jimmy Blackman puts me, and her name back then was Serena Zizi. It's now Serena Oberstein. Mm-hmm. So Serena Oberstein and I, because we went to high school, junior high, and elementary school together. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, uh, very cool. Valley, Valley kids. Okay. Valley so kids. we, he, okay. he, he puts us to go to do the East LA, uh, you know, Cesar Chavez march, and so it's me, Serena Oberstein. Antonio Vir- Speaker Viragosa and Isai Morales. Isai Morales. Isai Morales. A little bit Isai of Eastside Mar- love. Yeah, and we're just walking <laughs> the entire freaking route, and we're basically just Antonio's interviewing us, and we're interviewing him. And I love it. I've been I've I've been with Antonio Viragosa every day since then. Wow, wow. And so yeah, so I I if, if you ask me what the most What's the best campaign I have ever worked on in my entire life? It was the losing effort in 2001 for Viragosa. We lost, but it was the best campaign I have ever worked on in my entire life. And why is that? I just turned 21. Uh-huh. Um, Still young. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I was just 21. I, I, I felt like I was working... Everyone on that campaign was family. Uh, up until this day, every single person on that campaign I still talk to. Love mm. it. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't say that for any other campaign in my life. Like that was my birth. Who was on that campaign? So Park, Park Skelton was on that campaign. Jimmy Blackman uh, was on that campaign. Monica Hill was on that, who, who worked, uh, whose niece is now in the assembly, uh, worked on that campaign. Uh, Ulysses Sanchez, mm. uh, who's now doing the communications for yeah. Kevin DeLeon, worked uh-huh. on that campaign. Elena Stern, mm. who now works for Board of Public Works, I believe, right. uh, was on that campaign. Angela Ovaya, who's in the county, who works in the county uh, office, was on that campaign. Lisa Sarno, I'm trying to think who else. So these, are, they're still your homies. They're homies. Oh, yeah. oh, for life. I love it. Oh, so, yeah. 
So you, something affected you in that campaign. Myung Su was on that campaign. Was he? That's right. That's right. Martin, Martin that. Ludlow. 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 Myung Su. Martin was on the campaign. Ludbro. Yes. Um, who else? Man, yeah, it was. That's it, right. Myung Su used to talk about that campaign yeah. a lot. Uh, General, General. And you know what? The General, wait, wait, General it? Warren Furutani was on that campaign. Yes. The way you speak about that campaign, it, it is reminiscent of the way Myung Su speaks about that campaign. Yeah. So I guess it was a very special campaign. I mean, Antonio Antonio stayed positive. It was, I mean, think about it. Like, you know, for the African-American community, getting someone named Barack Hussein Obama elected with that crazy name yeah. and, and his That's positive true. and his positive message of hope and change like that, that, I mean, I, I can't imagine to, to, if you're like an African-American boy or girl to only know a president that looks like that growing up in your formative years is amazing. I, I that is, that's, that's, that's. I think President Obama, just being who he was, is we're going to see the effect of him being president every you know every single year as as these kids grow up who got to see someone that right. looked like them and have a weird name like them and um, still be president and still be president. Yes. And and so for me in two thousand one, you know, even though my name's Michael Trujillo, my entire life it was Michael Trujillo. You know, every white teacher I ever had mispronounced my name. And so to have someone named Antonio Villaraigosa, like, yeah, like, I, I, I mean, in the beginning, I mispronounced it, and I'm Mexican, so and people <laughs> and people still mispronounce his last name all the time. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. So, so to have someone who's you know brown and, and short like me, and and has a funny last name <laughs> with syllables that are silent and some vowels that make noises that well, you didn't think they would make. Well, that's why we call you Mikey, just to make. It <laughs> <easy>. <laughs> No, so so for me, I've just it's he. I am he is a mentor of mine, and I I've told him this a thousand times, and I hope he hears this uh, podcast one day. When he's an old man at a, at a at the old person's home, I'm gonna be going there every Sunday. Mm. Put him in his wheelchair, give him some sun for a half hour. I'll probably curse him out just because it's therapy. <laughs> but he'll he'll have Alzheimer's. He'll forget, and then I'll just <laughs> oh my I'll just put him back in his room. That's but hilarious. I love I love the guy. I'm gonna be with him forever. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, I know um, a few former what I, what I call body guys oh, for yeah. for Antonio, and I've heard stories and I've heard lots of things. Any any, I know you were kind of a part time body guy for. For Antonio, and, and, and explain to the to the listeners what a body guy yeah. is. Uh, it's uh, I prefer the term traveling chief of staff. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. You hear that, John Choi? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2001, I was I I was his body. I was one of his body guys. Um. Uh, God, man, people body guys today or body girls today have it so much easier. Easier because, or well, harder? No, easier because. I was his driver, his staffer, oh, but yeah. back in one, there was no MapQuest. I had to oh, go. Right. I had to open you up. You had to figure well, it you, out. It's way. I, I had to open up a Rand McCallie. That's it. The Rand McCallie. And then, and then I'd put on three by five cards <laughs> the directions, and then I'd put those. I'd fold those three by five cards and fold them so I could see, you know, the sun visor, and it'd say make a right on Wilshire. And then I'd pull it. And then it would tell me the next thing. So, yeah. I, so, so you I'd actually make, had to pay attention to the street. I was paying attention to the street, yeah. and then he, and then Antonio, would be like, "What do you think of my speech?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, it was great." 
Because <laughs> you had time yeah, yeah, yeah. to digest, listen. Yeah, I'm literally just trying <laughs> right. to find a and restroom. <laughs> like People, he's, that's crazy. He's going off being like Mr. Big Shot. I'm like, can I go pee? Yeah. <laughs> Which, shout out to all body people <laughs> out there because, you know, that that's a tough job. You do hold it down for sure. It's like 24 hours, oh, seven days a week for months on end. And, and the other thing I learned is you're the reciprocal of either good news or bad news to the candidate, right? Because the entire campaign would call the body person mm. because Antonio's phone was with me. Right. And so I would get either good news or bad news. And so my trick was uh, if I had to give Antonio, like if I had bad news, if it was time sensitive, I'd give it to him right away, obviously. But if it was something I could just hold back on, I would wait oh. and give it to him right before I dropped him off. <laughs> So I don't have to deal with the temper tantrum. Right. But but if you had to give it to him and it was time sensitive, a good potty a good body person always has good news that they have been sitting on. Sure. So that way you give them bad news and then you, you cushion it. A then you bit. cake it with yeah. some good news, yeah, which is yeah, which yeah. is the right way to do it. Which is the smart way to do it. Women right. do that with men too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, and here's here. Okay, so so I'm gonna go on a tangent real quick since you mentioned John Choi. So I was a body and person. And Antonio Sanchez was also. Well, let's play this game. I was a body person. Yes. Uh, John Choi, who now runs Airbnb in California, is yes. a body person. Which Anto- we're going to have on on the show. Yes, Antonio exactly. Sanchez, who, who's Which the we're gonna have on the show. IBW, is a body person. <laughs> Miguel Espinoza, who is one of the youngest judges appointed by Jerry Brown, there you go. was a body person. To yes. really go. So okay. Irene Ibernosi, who you is go. chief Irene. of staff to Paul Kerkorian, who now is a political consultant, was a body person. Serena Oberstein, okay. who, uh-huh. who um, was president of the Ethics Commission. Right. Was a Viragosa body person. Body, yeah. So body you woman. learn a lot. Like, well, you I s- mean, think. I mean, that's you get a front row seat to the best teacher in LA politics, and you look at where everyone is at today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, this you had it was it was every single day it tested you every single minute you were stressed out and were freaking out trying to make sure that day went perfectly. Yeah. And to take those skills that you didn't know you were learning, to take those muscles that you didn't know you were flexing, and now to like use it in your own private life. Yeah, it's easy. It, I mean, it just, everything becomes a lot easier. You're like, this is simple. So you're- right. so Staffing you're, Viragos is hard. <laughs> everything else? Everything else is simple. Cakewalk. So you, um, interestingly enough that you went and uh, checked off that box about Bill me later on Newsweek. <laughs> Who ends up on the cover? I've also done of, that to the IRS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who ends up on the cover of Newsweek in roughly? Oh, that's right. Two thousand and Mike Swade, Google this. <laughs> what that do you was two thousand five. Two thousand five. Excuse me. Michael Trujillo. Uh, the headline. Newsweek. The headline was Latino Power. It had Antonio on the cover. There you go. Uh, when you look through it, you'll see me. Uh, there's a picture of me, like side of my face. Uh, I w- we the the photographer was look uh, taking a photo of Antonio in East LA, uh, I think on Cesar Chavez Boulevard, and I was in charge of that bus tour, um, and so I was just like the trip director. So little did you know that that box that you checked <laughs> of Newsweek would eventually come up, and you would actually be in Newsweek at some point in time in your life and that's literally I've the never, highlight that's of that's fucking full circle I've full never circle. thought of that until you brought it up that's pretty awesome this is what we now, do now I'm gonna cry <laughs> so with that we're gonna take a, a quick break here um, and uh, we're gonna use this time to, to shout House of Machines out House of Machines uh, right here in the heart of the Arts District uh, 2028 East 7th Street they are our friends they are our neighbors and they are good to us Correct. so be good to them they have a very heavy point 
more, and they've graciously allowed us uh, to host out of here. Yes, and, and now Chris Majeski has decided that he wants to hang out. And welcome, <laughs> Chris Majeski. You guys will, you guys will, you'll get a front row seat to Chris Majeski in about uh, ten months when we do our our, our one year anniversary episode. So Assuming taking, we'll still be together. So this is uh, James Santa Maria. We're here with Lauren Delgado with a special guest. Michael Mikey. Trujillo, Mikey. and I'm not gonna me- I'm not gonna mention the Mikey uh, Suede, who is also our producer. Shout out! Shout Mikey. out to you guys. Here's all to all the Mikeys of the world. <laughs> Shout out! Hey, we're back. This is the closed session. I'm James Santa Maria. It's your girl Lauren. And our good friend here sitting Mikey. with us, espousing some real shit. He goes by Mikey. If you're gonna call me Mikey, it should be Mikey Google me Trujillo. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. That's actually really cool, man. Mikey Google me Trujillo. I think you could be put it on a biz Twitter. card. I uh-huh. think you, <laughs> City of Los I think you could take your five thousand followers and double them up if you, you switch your name. There you go. I want you to promote this so we can get like at least ten of those followers. Yes. So oh, I'll totally promote it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're back. This is great. We've been uh, talking to to Mike. He's really uh, thrown down some some good knowledge in terms of his background, in terms of politics in general. We're going to keep going. So, look, we we left off with your relationship with Antonio Villaraigosa. How special that is. You're going to go visit him at the at the rest home, cuss him out a couple of times. And we talked about all the great people that you worked with who are body people, which I think is amazing. There's a lot of things about like politics, but one of the things I love is the fact that you know, we're part of this crew, the squad of people that we, we grow up together, we know each other, more importantly, we trust each other in the way that we do things. We may not always back the right opponent, or I should say uh, candidate. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've missed more than we, we, oh, we've, yeah. we've, uh, we've done, gone right. Uh, and so we, we, I guess we, share, we somewhat share some of the emotional scars. Hello, Wendy Grohl. <laughs> you know, that well, was that was a what? tough one. Chris Majeski walked away from the table. I still blame him for that. And I'm not shy. So, I love, I, by the way, I love Wendy. Um, <laughs> Wendy's great. Wendy's we, amazing. Right? But, like, we, I think it, there's a saying, like, with this crew of ours, and, and they're, it's kind of funny because we all kind of have those, either we have the history together or we have the folks that we've worked with in some capacity, or whether it's a candidate, whether it's a job at City Hall or other, other uh, levels of government. You've got kind of a cool crew too. I, I look at I've been invited to a couple of your outings, you know, and uh, oh uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> we can't talk about it though. But <laughs> you've got so talk a little bit about I, I you you can you can out them because they're cool people. So you can tell us like who your your your, your crew is and and well, I know uh, the crew the crew um, the crew changes a little depending on the campaign in our lives. Uh, most of the crew, uh, you know, were, were involved in campaigns in some fashion or another. Um, you know, up until Kamala announced that she was running for president, Juan Rodriguez was, one of, my, was one of my best friends. Um, <laughs> was? I mean, I, he is. He is. He's he a already, great. He shout out to Juan for was out there doing his thing. He is an amazingly passionate, smart operative. Um, I think he's doing a great job. I, I just. He, I mean, look, it's, 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 there's a lot of, um, like you said, there's a lot of emotional yeah. baggage there. But you got Juan. Who else uh, is Juan, Juan's there. Uh, uh, Miguel Espinoza. There you Gina go. Gina DiDomenico, Connie Lee, Becky Kim, I've known for 14 years. Becky's here with us today. Um, Shout out, Becky Kim. John Choi. 
Antonio Sanchez. Antonio Sanchez. Um, and you guys all eat Korean barbecue. Oh, 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 don't we, for- we do the Korean barbecue league. Ben, Go- ben Golenbeck. Yes, I was going to say Benny G oh, when he's in town. When he's in town. Why don't yes. we do an episode at a Korean barbecue spot then? That there you go. The next oh, one. Ooh. So this is. So, we'll fly in Benny G. <laughs> so the funny part about this is like I get invited to this only like half, you know, half the time because they're, when they have something going on, it's always a Korean barbecue thing. And Chris and I, as being kind of the, the old the old guys, sometimes get the courtesy, hey, come out, come out and hang out with us kind of thing. But I, I really appreciate it because Chris and I have this the same thing in, in, with our crew who seem to be all here today at House of Machines. Well, you know, it's just it, <laughs> that ambient you know sound it's, you hear in the background is all of our annoying It's friends. It's a generational thing, right? Yeah. You know, you, you grow up with... Your, your your folks your your peers and you all go through the same yes. stuff you, you you experience the same wins and losses together right and and so you have this like I don't want to call it it's more like a you have this mentality where you're in the trenches together and you all took on all, you know you've taken some bullets you've taken some close calls and and so you have this emotional connection with folks that you've served you know with in in the trench, you know, the word campaign is a military term, mm-hmm. and, and so, you know, when you think about it, you're you're putting a map on the on the on the table. You're thinking about where your strengths are and weaknesses are vis-a-vis the geographic uh, aspects of that right. district. You're thinking about what where to put your campaign offices slash your forts. You're thinking about where to put your walkers slash your troops. I mean, there are a lot of uh, similarities between a military operation and a political campaign. Uh, except in this sense, no one dies, thank God, and there aren't any, you know, weapons of mass destruction or anything. It's more just the only weapon of mass destruction we have is a mailer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, or, or, or a bad TV ad. Or a bad TV ad, right. right? But you have, I mean, it's it's the same. I mean, if you're competitive, and you want to continue to be competitive. Uh, working on political campaigns is is one of the things where your passion of wanting to make the world a better place and your competitiveness get to be married and you get to feel good about it and 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 just go out and, and win and and make a difference. It, That's it's, good. It's, it's, it's one of the most fulfilling where your where your adrenaline meets your your sort of good heartedness. And they meet in the middle, and and you you get and and some people pay you to do that, and you get to pay rent doing that. <laughs> it's amazing. But you know, it's it's kind of funny because it's it's really there's no subjectiveness in it. It's either you win or lose, and you've been kind of in that process of just defining success by winning, right? So tell me, tell me, kind of like I know you you see yourself as like look I, you you want to win every campaign you can't do that obviously but how do you balance all of that like the, the perspective of having to win and then obviously like that loss you know that right. tough loss that just I've had it you know actually you inflicted on me at one point with who the Pacheco race oh <laughs> <laughs> right, we, we, and so yeah, in, so in that 03, was in O three. O three, I you know, and so I've I've been part of that like loss, but I've also been part of the wins, right? So, how do you balance? I mean, that's I think people want to kind of understand, like, from your perspective, especially doing the number of amount of campaigns that you've had, you've got to kind of have a perspective about this. Well, yeah, I think I think when you first work on campaigns, your losses hurt a lot more and are a lot more impactful and create a lot bigger scar on you emotionally when you're younger uh, than when you're older uh, because you sort of 
you learn how to deal with it better. Um, how you deal? How do you deal with it? Besides cuddling up in a fetal position yeah. for like t- ten days, <laughs> not answering honestly, the phone. Honestly, oh, I'm sorry. That's me. Sorry. Honestly, it's it's. I mean, it's poker. <laughs> I play a lot of poker. Right. Um, oh, you do. Yeah, I, I I need to. My brain still wants to work, and so poker and the math that is involved with poker, there you go. Um, and the deception that's involved with poker. Uh, helps me just not think about um, it helps numb the pain a little to not think about the loss Here, here's how I view a campaign and, and when I join a campaign uh, I'm very purposeful in the way if I'm gonna work for you you're my brother uh-huh. and I have to treat it like you're my brother and if I knew for a fact uh, tomorrow Saturday at 2 p.m., someone's going to take a bat to your knees. And I knew that for a fact. It was a 1,000% truth. If I knew that was going to happen to you tomorrow, I would take a bat to your opponent's knees today to make sure that that never happens to you because you're my brother. And it's not like you're my blood brother or my spiritual brother. You're my freaking brother. And if I can't take that mentality on a campaign, then I don't want to work on campaigns anymore. Then then be, you become too... I'm going to say something, and this may offend some folks that listen to this. I never refer to any of the candidates I work for as clients. Hmm. That seems too sterile. It seems too cold. That's interesting. Um, That doesn't, that doesn't, the word client doesn't give me a sense of family. Um, And so I could work for more than one campaign, but they're all family now. And so I take it personal. And yeah, you're not supposed to, blah, blah, blah. But you know, I feel like my best work is when I take it personal. You're vested. I'm vested. And on top You're of that, ham. do you think that's why you get that name? Like the first thing I saw was bad boy, right? Just like you said, I'm going to take a baseball bat. A metaphorical opponents. baseball. No, bat. I understand what you're saying. Like, well, you have already know. had trouble with with but other metaphors. Apparently, apparently, LAPD will still investigate a metaphor. <laughs> metaphorical. <laughs> Metaphorically I found speaking. out. I found out in 2011. Yeah, emails and metaphors <laughs> don't work sometimes. So, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, though, do you feel because of that type of nature that you protect your own? That's where that derived from. Just a moment for the talk for yourself. Uh, no, I yeah, I, I don't know where it came from. I just I, I don't know. I think, honestly, gosh, when I saw the Vignali ads that Han did in two thousand one, yep. And you remember, I was like twenty twenty one at the time, mm-hmm. and I I didn't, I was never discriminated against. I was Mexican in an all white school in the valley, magnet gifted, all that bullshit. I just, I was brown, but I never knew I was brown because I didn't grow up speaking Spanish. My parents only spoke English because they graduated from LASD with a Mexican accent and they were held back. So they only made sure, they didn't want that to happen to me me and my little sister, so they spoke English in the home. So my entire life, like, I never, yeah, I was more tan than other people, but I didn't feel like I was different. Right. I didn't sound different. I didn't, I didn't like different things. Um... And so to find out that having a weird last name like Viragosa and, and putting a semi-racist ad on TV in 2001 can prevent a brown person from becoming mayor, that was a massive wake-up call. Mm, mm. I became Mexican when Antonio Viragosa lost the mayor's race. And mm. I didn't even know that. I, I, I know it now, but I didn't. Huh, that's I, that's it, it, it was like a journey really well for said. me. 
So it was self-discovery. It was a lot of self-discovery. But 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 it also it also meant that I felt like I let Antonio down, even though I was twenty. Like, mm, what can I do? I felt like I let him down. Like it was my fault. Like I didn't do enough. And I I but made not a, for the ad. No, not because of the ad. But I felt like man, if we just if I'd done more, we, we huh. lost by a lot. We lost by like eight points or whatever. But when you're 2021, 20, you don't know. You just you're just you're just a kid. You're, right, right. And so you take it personal. And so I've, so when this when that scar opened up in losing in 01, that emotional scar that opened up put in a lot of other things in me that have now blossomed into being the way I am, which isn't probably the right way to be as a consultant, but it is who I am. Are Are you still like that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think I, Joe Buscaino is like a brother to me. Nanette uh-huh. Berrigan is like a sister to me. And, you know, Joe Joe was someone no one in City Hall knew who he was when he first announced. It was supposed to be Warren Furutani or Rudy Savornovich or, or Pat McCosker. Like, those were the three right. people that were supposed to be the council member in CD15. Shout out to Rudy Savornovich. Shout out to Rudy. And so I took some random cop who was just a senior, you know, senior lead officer. But well, why did you take him? Let's, let's talk yeah, about that. Yeah, that's a good question. Why did you take him? Okay, what number campaign was this? Oh, was gosh. Oh. <laughs> that's a good question. It's, it's a, a great question. And I bet you he actually knows the number. Do you? No, it was like in the 40s, I think. It was like, well, yeah, Wow, yeah, not yeah. even halfway. Yeah, this was 2012. Um, why did I take him? All right, so I'm at Janice Hahn's election night party for Congress. I was there. And remember, I worked on. I worked for Janice Hahn <laughs> in 2010. I ran her lieutenant governor's race against Gavin Newsom. Oh, okay. Which is why I'm not a big fan of Gavin Newsom. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not so, talk about that. Yeah. So, so I, I ran. Okay, I Gavin ran, Newsom's not a fan of Janice. <laughs> I ran. I ran Janice Hahn's lieutenant governor's race that she was supposed to win until Gavin decided he wanted to run for lieutenant governor instead of governor. And she, she is not pers- she's she's like I don't care if a boy jumps in I'm a girl we're gonna we're gonna show him that girls can run for statewide office too so I love God that. bless Janice so I've been close with Janice for a long time since for nine years so Janice runs for Congress and I'm at an election night party and this is post this is 2012 so this is like almost a year or maybe less than a year after my bullet in the forehead email um, and so Warren Furtani, who I love, who I've known since 2001, I adore him. Yes. He shout comes, out to Warren. Shout out to Warren. Warren comes up to me on Janice Hahn's election night party. He says, Mike, I, I can't hire you. Uh, Park Skelton says, I can't bring you on. What? Because, well, because of the email. Oh, you're still hot back then. I was still radioactive. You were still hot. Okay, got it. I, okay. I mean, I'm always hot, but yeah. I was radioactive <laughs> hot. Different kind of hot. So... I'm like, I understand. How, by the way, let me take a step back. Radioactive hot, how long did that take? How long did it last? Or yes, how long did it last? I mean, in some case, I still get it today. Huh. Oh, It's called Google Page One. <laughs> but like, no, I'm honest, I'm being no, serious. I get like, what you say, but what do you, what do you do to create a balance? Meaning people I, treat you as radioactive, but then you know what you're worth and what you're doing. So how do you navigate that? I win. You win. There you go. Oh. I like that. There you go. That every time, every minute passes, I get more intrigued by Mikey Trujillo. I win. So, so okay, I'm so sorry. To I do. There. I, just, so, I, I just wanted to know, kind of like, no, so a lot of that. So I do. Joe Bus- well, the person that introduced me to Joe Buscaino is Dr. Richard Vladovic, who's a school right. board member down there, who whose campaign I ran in 2007. So Vladovic was my first entree to San Pedro. 
Vladovic introduces me to Joe Buscaino. We get Joe elected crazily. No one no one thought we were going to get him elected. We win. No, no, no. But, like, like you met Joe. I met Joe because of Dr. Vladovic. A but, guy named David Cooper, right. who was Dr. Vladovic's chief of staff, introduced but, me to Joe. But, but what up. was it about Joe? Yeah, what did you see in Joe? Did you see anything in Joe? That, that said, you that know what? I'm going to throw down for this guy, and he's going to be my brother, and I'm going to take whatever I need to do bat to the knee whatever I mean that mentality for Joe I mean we I'm, all- I mean I'm loyal as hell to Joe right uh, Joe here, here's what it was like when Warren said he wasn't going to hire me I already knew I was gonna work for Joe so when Warren said that it, I, I was it was more of like oh you gave me an out to not feel awkward now working against you <laughs> but that, that was the truth but I win Joe Joe was like Joe saw the email he's like I still want you man Huh. And Interesting. when you're at your lowest point in your career, which that was. Was it really, though? I mean, yeah. Okay. Professionally, personally. Real, real per- talk. Per- That's per- real talk. Yeah, personally, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, I could talk more about that if you want. But, like, when you're at the lowest point in your career and, and, and Joe says, I'm still with you. Yeah. I still want you on my team. Yeah. Dude, that, that meant so much to me. Okay. It, it, it it was it was a life raft it was a it was a, a handout it was a handshake it was a hug it, it meant a lot so for me I was like oh then I'm all in Joe like shit let's do it the other there's a lot of people that stepped up uh, when that happened Wendy Gruel was one of them there she goes um uh, shout out to Wendy we love you Wendy uh, another person that called me <laughs> another person that called me during that moment was uh, former speaker Fabio Nunez uh-huh. obviously Mayor Viragosa called me every day yelling at me Tell out of you. love out of love <laughs> tough, tough love tough love I get that well and the other thing was like Jose Weizar, um like I remember when this whole email thing happened I was writing the talking points to Jose Weizar about why he was firing me <laughs> What? I, what? It was no. I wrote the talking points. What? On my computer, I emailed them to Jose Weizar as to why he was about to fire me. It was the most surreal <laughs> moment of you my really need talking life. points. You, you have taken forwarded the email. <laughs> you have taken staffing to a different level, Mike. Well, my advice. So, my, all right. What I told him was, all right. At the time, so okay. When that email came out, Gabby Giffords had just been shot in Arizona, yes. like two months before, a month before. Everything. I wasn't thinking about that i'm not in arizona i I, whatever i was like in my own little bubble so i wrote a stupid email and so i go to weasel i'm like okay look i could apologize you can reprimand me or you can fire me okay but back up so i don't think we did we really kind of for the for the 30 people who were listening (laughs) 31 31 31 30, 30 32 Thank you Shannon that. Murphy for being 32 for being No, Shannon's going to be our 33. Okay, 33. But look, for the for the folks listening out there and this infamous email, this metaphorical I guess uh, faux pas, shall I call it that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's everything that. Is, I mean, are you digging up the email right now, Mike? No, God, no. <laughs> Actually, Dude, Mike's I, way. I, why don't I mean, you dig up the email? I can't even read. Just so I can see your I facial I can't even expression. read the email anymore. Can I you get, really? I get, okay, okay, I okay, okay. Squeamish. I'm going to talk about Trujillo this real quick. Email. Because when I started working for Chris and James seven wonderful years ago, um, for some reason your name had come up. And I don't know if Chris had brought your name up 
or if James had brought your name up, but I do remember Googling you. <laughs> okay, this is why I always say, oh, you, have, oh, you should Google him. Because it was the most interesting day of my career. <laughs> At that time where I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> This is this is why I know now I get why she's been giving me such weird alcohol every time. Oh, it's, she's it's, like, you're it's weird. Mess. Here's weird stuff. Because so okay, so what I used to do, I used to work front desk. Um, I used to be everybody's bitch at the office. Like, do this, go for that, go for that. And I worked the front desk for Chris and James and and Lucy and Myung Soo. And um, so anytime there would be somebody coming in, I would Google them because I wanted to, I wanted to be on top of my shit. Good staffing, by the way. Right. <laughs> and so I think you were a guest of Chris's, perhaps. And I was like, oh, OK, I'll look him up. I'll see what he's interested in. And I read it. And the first thing that comes up is an article about your your email. <laughs> Right? Okay. All right. So I'm going to talk about this. Let's talk. Right, let's, let's, let's just get let's into talk it. About, let's, let's just talk about the let's email. Fucking, then, let's, let's fucking go. talk about the goddamn email. Think, this is interesting. I would call it Why the is LA Weekly, Weekly all over you? They oh, just, LA Weekly. They oh, make a like living off of you. Nuts. Like literally, there oh. is 10 articles. Right, first off, okay. Okay. Let's so talk about it. Right, by, first off, let's just, LA Weekly. You can yes. look it up. Bullet in the forehead email. Metaphorical. An article. An article written by Jill Stewart who wrote. What I would have, what I would call a, a very mean-spirited article. Now that said, we're actually good friends now. Yeah, we've actually worked on campaigns together. Jill Stewart and I, we could go have dinner right now. That's the amazing thing about all this, right? All right, all right. So, this guy named Rudy Martinez is running against Jose. I'm going to go really fast yes, for your please. for your people. 2011, Rudy Martinez is running against Jose Weizar for city council. Jose and Rudy apparently were friends what? before, but we're now enemies and whatever. Uh, so Rudy is funding his own campaign. He's raising money. He he has his own reality TV show. Blah blah blah. He's flip that re- house. Flip that house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very cool. So Rudy Rudy's putting stuff together. He's like you know scaring the hell out of Jose. Jose's like he hires me to be his campaign manager. I'm like all right, let's do this. Uh, so the LA Times had endorsed Rudy Martinez, and Rudy Martinez. The LA Times also wrote a crazy article that the FBI was investigating Jose Weizar in 2011. <laughs> maybe it was true now. Now, crazy. Though, maybe, maybe it was crazy true. article. Crazy article. But at the time, it was like, well, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. And so, it was the Super Bowl weekend, the Friday before the Sunday Super Bowl. I had just gotten some op research that said Rudy Martinez was a former LAPD um, commissioner. No, not commissioner. Uh, what, what what do you call it when you're a volunteer LAPD person? Reservist? Reserved. Oh, reserved, yeah. Yeah, he was reserved, and he got caught with, like, a fake police badge, but the police badge was actually of a dead officer. So Ooh. I got all the stuff from the LAPD, and I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> you're like... This was, like, the actual... You know what, you know what's, you know what <laughs> I'm most pissed... You know what I'm most pissed off about? That email. This is the best oppo I've ever gotten in my entire life. Falls and into I your fuck, lap. And I you're fucked it up with a stupid email. You're like Eureka. Oh, my God. I was so... So it's a Friday. So it's like 5.03 p.m. on a Friday. So everyone's off their city clock. Because remember, everyone at City Hall leaves at 5.01. Of course. So I write an email to like 18 people on their personal email addresses. No city addresses. And I just say, hey... Like I'm, I feel like I'm giving a pep talk. Like it's halftime, because the election's in March. 
and it's like halftime and we're down by seven and the head coach goes in there and gives like a crazy fucking pep talk and then at the end like everyone's banging their football helmets on the lockers and they go out and they win the second half like that's what this email was supposed to be so okay. i use words i basically and no this is no. what honestly this is what the email was supposed to be so I actually use a lot of Simpsons references. Oh, yeah. Uh, tripe is like a Lisa Simpson yeah. terminal, whatever. So I think I'm being funny. <laughs> oh, it was funny. <laughs> and one of the phrases I use is we're going to put a political bullet in Rudy Martinez's forehead. Because he was an LAPD reserve officer using a, a fake cop's badge. And, and it was going to come out on Monday. Yeah. And this was the Friday before the Sunday Super Bowl. Oh, boy. I write this email oh boy. to 18 people. <laughs> you made it to print. Unbeknownst, unbeknownst to me, one of the people that worked for Jose Weizar in City Hall clearly did not like Jose, even though his health care and salary were being paid by Jose. So he forwards the email to Rudy Martinez like 10 minutes after I send it. Oh, and then Rudy Martinez's campaign gets it, and then they make hay of it and like file a police report saying, "I'm trying, I've, you know, I'm declaring I'm going to com- commit murder to Rudy Martinez." <laughs> but it wasn't. I mean, if you read it, it's like, not. I mean, it was blown way out of proportion. For me, it was like to 18 people or 20 people, yes. just freaking, just saying, but, "Hey, guys, we're going to win." But I can understand everything's going to be fine. It we're going like, to. It was like a hype. Yeah, like, hey, like, I was like, I had a towel. I was like a hype man at a rap concert. No, I totally get it. So let me ask you the question. The question is, does that same email elicit the same type of response in in this new age type of campaign? And now it's shock media. Right, but, but but would this would this have been the same in your in I'm your sorry, mind? Our president's Donald Trump. I could do whatever I want now. There That's not true. Because Donald he, Trump. He basically says the same thing about Actually, going no, on Fifth Avenue, no. and shooting someone. Donald and being Trump okay can do it. Donald Trump. Anyone outside of that? Let's play the game. If Obama did it, if Obama did anything Donald Trump did. He would have been out of office. No, you're right. You're right. But I'm not. I'm not an elected official. I'm but, just but, saying. I'm sure, just saying. Like sure. our president has moved. Yeah. The line. In a place where, like, my email now would be, like, a nothing burger. Fodder. But yeah. back in 11, a month after Gabby Giffords was shot in Arizona, like, it was a There's thing. sensitivity I, there. I get Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I think the only issue, the only problem I have is, and it's not a problem, it's my just my new reality, is when if someone wants to hire me, they Google me and they see that and, like, they get, they have pause. So it does still affect you. It does affect me. But do they really pause? They so if they want to hire me, they pause. But if those were even thinking about hiring me, but never told me they want to hire me, but then saw that email, like, "Oh, we can't hire him." That would use like, that as an excuse. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Got I've, it. I've been. I can. Got I can name a few clients that I've found out after the fact uh, that they that, did their research. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, like, let, so let Lauren. Let's say you're running for office. Let's say, let's say Santa Maria. Oh, let's say Santa Maria and I are trying to be your consultant. Santa Maria would send the article of the bullet to you. And and text it to you or email it to you. I'm not uh-huh. saying you would, but this happens to me all the time. Right. So whenever I'm up for a campaign, if I'm up against another consultant, they just send that, and the candidate gets all squeamish. Of course. Because they're new, they don't of know course. what they don't, they don't know. Right. Wow. And and so it makes a lot of sense. Like I get it. Right. But it affects. Yes, it affects me. Of course, of yeah. course. And so. After- and by the way, as it should, I wrote the fucking email. So let let me ask you the question: Do you regret it now? That's a great question. No. Mm. Yeah, I don't think you regret. You would. 
You know, I was part of your edge. Not, I would, I not would to say it. that, not to say that you would do it again, but I, would, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't do it again, again, but I don't regret it. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Even Fair though enough. it affects you, there's not even a a, a sl- like a hint of like, oh, I wish I would have done it different. Would I write that email today? No. No, absolutely right. So there, that's 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 my learning lesson. But Got like, it. I don't regret it. I, Got I mean, it. I don't like. At the moment, at the moment when I wrote it, the mindset I was in. It was a pure mindset of trying to buck up the troops. I was trying to make everyone feel better. Got so it. So I don't regret my mindset going in. And I didn't have any malicious intent on to Rudy. I wasn't trying to physically harm him. <laughs> I wrote an email to 18 people that I didn't think would ever get out. Right. Right. So, so the regret here is that it got out. It got out. Yeah. But... But it also but formed it, who you are. It did, well, right. yeah, but like if I can't trust, if if you are on the payroll of an elected official and I can't trust you, then quit. Don't work for the elected official anymore. Yeah, that's like, also a fair point. Like I, 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 I'm the consultant. I'm the temporary person here to make sure you, as a staffer, have a job still for another four years. Right. Like right. I'm merely here to make sure you have health care and rent. And your kids get to they a good school. That. Yeah, I'm here for six months to make sure you have another job for four years. Right. So, so outing me is on you, Got not it. me. I'm here to just make sure you still have a job or grow or leave. So but you, if you don't like your council, if you don't like your boss, freaking leave, dude. Right. You so got, that you got outed. So that's that's yeah. still talk to that person. Oh, I know who it was. Uh, he does not work in LA politics. <laughs> that's right. So you know so that's you won a, that battle. I think part of this business is is about loyalty, right? That's a huge part. I mean, we we always say that around here is like, you know, it's just about how you're you are going to back somebody and make sure that again you take that bat to the knee metaphor. But more importantly, it's just like the other things. It's like whether you you keep a secret, whether you you don't interact in something that that you feel is going to be against that person or something. Are there times where where you compromise on that, or is it just straight out like I'm loyal to the to to the full tilt? I've been accused of being uh, too loyal sometimes. Look, I have three rules when it comes to politics. The first rule is loyalty. The second rule is loyalty. The third rule is fuck the opposition. I, I promise you, if you look back on everything I've done or everything I'm going to do. Uh, you could find like there, within those three rules, you will find uh, a seed of why I'm doing something. If if you've ever fucked over Antonio Villaraigosa, fuck you. I'm coming for you. I'm gonna make sure your life's a living hell. Because you know why? I'm gonna live longer than you. So good luck. I love that. Professionally speaking. Yes. Professionally speaking. <laughs> right. Good luck, exactly. please. But good luck, please. Because <laughs> metaphors do get you called yes, by the LAPD. <laughs> That's awesome. I, so I, I gotta I gotta bring this up because you know um, I gotta ask the question. I it's I think it's already been asked, but we gotta talk about Shannon Murphy. Who who shout out to Shannon? We call her Sunshine. <laughs> Shannon in her office, but I read something. I gotta get down to the truth of it. It was about you and Shannon. Uh, I guess somehow or other, coincidentally, were Shannon was uh, I believe uh, Mayor Hans' uh, spokesperson, communications director at the time. You had just. Um, <laughs> you all, <laughs> Mike happens to find a spot right across the street or nearby Shannon, same block, and Shannon to this day believes 
and will tell. And I just had a conversation with her. Believes you went through her trash, <laughs> and, and find something against best. her. So, for our thirty people listening, it's thirty-three. I just checked. Thirty-three. Give well, us I mean, the real juice on be this because we, you know, inquiring minds need to know about this. Right. I, okay. First off, I've been honest this entire show, and I'm gonna uh. stay honest. So Shannon Murphy and I lived across the street from each other in Manhattan Beach. <laughs> It was during, I think it was 04, 05. Shannon's working for Mayor Han. I am helping. I, I'm working. My day job is working for Ro- actor-director Rob Reiner at Castle Rock Entertainment. And then I'd go in Moonlight for Antonio Viragosa, um, for Mayor. And so Shannon, <laughs> so Shannon and her twin sister. Yes, Shannon has a twin sister, everyone. Very nice So lady. they, these two weirdos would wake up at like <laughs> 5 in the morning and go running on the beach because we literally live four houses from the ocean. That's such a crazy thing, and by they the way. And they would literally knock on, they would bang on my fucking window <laughs> every morning. I didn't morning. know that. That I didn't know. Because I lived on the ground floor. They would bang on my fucking window and wake me up. Is why you went through the trash? No. I, I would, there's nothing anyone can do to me in my entire life that would have me going through their trash. I would never do that. That's I icky. Can't. That's disgusting. I okay. So like, I can't even have tomatoes on my hamburger. You think I'm going to go through someone's <laughs> trash? I don't know, Mikey. I wouldn't put anything past you. <laughs> so we, so we, that never happened. She it believes never it never happened. Did. She believes it did. It never happened. Okay. I, but I do know for a fact her and her twin sister woke my ass up every they day would at do, 5 a.m. They would bang yeah. on your window. Yes. Okay, so we're going to get Shannon on this. Yes, you should it. ask her about we're gonna that. We're going to have her co-sign that. on this fact. Because <laughs> that one is not Google. Yeah, that, and, now, and now we're best friends. So. Yes, so sure. that's the funny thing. It's just like... You guys uh, are best friends. I love it. <laughs> you guys are... are uh, we're on the opposite side, and I think at some point Shannon actually vouched to have you come on board because she didn't want to go up against you. Well, yeah, so, she, well, no, What ha- I think it was uh, two years later, three years later in 07, Shannon hired me. She was doing this, like, Bill Gates thing with Eli Broad, like, this tour, education tour. They were doing, like, town halls. They had to deal with MTV. And so she hired me to, like, do the advance for, like, an MTV town hall. By the way, that speaks a lot for Shannon, who was, like, who was constantly, you know, paranoid about you going through a trash and then all of a sudden you're on payroll she bought <laughs> she bought me off for like two grand yeah i'm cheap i'm a cheap i'm a cheap date that's great that's great no, shannon's great i love her well, um, but i never shannon i know you're listening to this <laughs> maybe maybe not the day this this podcast is released well we left it maybe towards a, the maybe end. maybe it's a year later everybody knows shannon's if, not going to listen to the end but if so. you ever make it to this part Unless i we never tell her we're talking about shannon her. i never fucking went through your trash <laughs> shannon for the record i don't believe him either <laughs> I, I swear i would never i can see his hands are dirty right now <laughs> they're not it's, I'm, that's brown skin lauren <laughs> You said some great things on the show. I think uh, we're we are trending uh, <laughs> with our thirty listeners, thirty three listeners. Uh, Mike, any last words you want to impart to our wonderful listeners? And, and our audience has seemed to have left us to go to the next bar, but <laughs> yeah. but you're still on, Mike. So give us give us your words of wisdom. I think my only words of wisdom would be: if you want to work on campaigns, do it. Um, it is. It is very much, you, you have a very much pirate mentality. You go from port to port. Um, you don't know when you're going to actually have time to be home. Uh, there's a lot of deferred maintenance in your life where things like chores and dry cleaning and 
you know, just like regular upkeep. Eating. Eating. Get put in this. No, you eat, you eat like crap. <laughs> right. Eating, I was just say good eating. Right. But if, if, if those things, if you can like deal with that and still change the world and work on a presidential and get the, per, the most powerful person elected, person elected in the world to office, if you can help make the city of LA go in a better direction by getting a mayor elected or a governor or a U.S. senator, anything that your hopes and desires are in the future of where you want your community and state and city and and country to be it's worth it it is so worth it and and even if you lose you learn so much more than if you win and then when you win the feeling is so awesome and so much better than when you lose it is so so regardless of whether you win or lose, you're going to learn something or have an amazing feeling and feel like you've pushed and moved the needle in a direction that is righteous and good and helps you go to sleep at night. Now, if you want to go and, you know, just be an accountant and look at spreadsheets all day, I mean, you can do that, but then you're not saving the world. So fuck you. Except for <coughs> James's mom, who was an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> We That's love okay. you. We love you, James Small. <laughs> I hey. didn't mean an accountant. I uh, meant lawyer. So fuck you, lawyers. <laughs> there you yeah. Go. And with that, I want to thank you very much. Hey, it was great having no, you seriously, on. seriously, Mike. Thank you so much. We appreciate really it. Really appreciate your candor here. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of people would, would take this and really kind of understand a little bit more about what it takes to, to be that political yeah. operative. You've got the raw grit that people don't realize goes into local politics. Everybody, when they think of politics, they think, presidential elections maybe some state stuff they don't realize how deep it goes in, in just local politics in all right I'm, I'm gonna say this the the thing i hate the most are these young kids that work on a presidential campaign as their first campaign Think they're hot shit well yeah but then like they just no the first time i worked on a presidential campaign it was like my 28th campaign and then i finally was on a presidential so that made me i felt like that made me more well well-rounded and a better person and a better operative um but, you know, God bless you, uh, white person from random state who gets to work on a presidential campaign. <laughs> no bitterness there. I'm actually with you on that bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. Look, we had a great time with you. Um, hopefully we'll have you on again. You, you've got, I mean, I'm, there's more stories to share. Well, we're going to revisit all the, the Virgosa body people. <laughs> but Take again, you will be at the top of that chart, I promise. So, for the closed session, I'm James Santa Maria. Lauren Delgado. And Mike Trujillo as our guest with our wonderful producer, Mikey Suede. We'll see you next time. We have Mike do that. Take care, everybody.